You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to follow the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked On rooms today. After our short break, our exit interview series continues. Six great conversations already on the books, so make sure to check those out if you haven't already. And to help me out on today's show is a reporter with the Mercury News and my co-host on Locked on NBA, as well as the host of Locked on Warriors. It's Wes Goldberg. How are you, Wes? I'm good, man. Excited to talk a little bit about Bam Adebayo. You know, the everybody was just raving about a phenomenal performance at the end of our Tyler Hero exit interview from last week, where you you embraced the role in an Academy Award winning like role. I, I just I'd never seen that kind of performance before. I was truly impressed. And so was most of Heat Twitter. Uh, I that's those are really that's a really big, you know, a level to, to have to reach and duplicate again. Do you think you're up for it later on today? I think so. I've been working on all my celebrity impressions. So uh, that's kind of how I've used the last year of the pandemic is, right. is just working on my impression game. So I'm hoping that the uh, the BAM impression is as good as the Tyler Hero impression. But uh, way to get the way to raise the stakes early. That, that's good stuff. <laughs> I mean, got to give them something to look forward to. You know, some people learned how to bake bread during the pandemic. Other people just sat looking in the mirror. Where, is, you, is there an impression that you do particularly well other than Tyler Hero? <laughs> really putting me on the spot. I've actually been trying to get the Christopher Walken thing down. Oh, my Walken's Walken's high level. You can't even reach it. Don't even bother. I'm so bad at it. I'm awful at it. It just doesn't work. I have some sort of block in my brain. I could do a whole show as Christopher Walken. Nobody would know. Nobody would want to listen to it, but I could do a whole show as Christopher Walken. My my wife is very is. We should have Christopher Walken interviewing Bam Adebayo for the final segment. Oh, my God. All right. Now it's on. All right. Well, as you said, we will be talking about Bam Adebayo today. 18.7 points per game, nine rebounds per game, or a slight drop off from the year before. 5.4 assists, 1.2 steals, blocks, about one block per game. Shot better from the field overall, 25% from three-point range on those occasional three-point shots. We all know the numbers right now. I guess the positive thing overall when you look at, at just Bam's continued growth is that, is that he continues to excel in his role as the playmaker on offense, as the guy who initiates the offense, as the hub for Miami, both offensively and defensively, that he was able to make even some incremental growth is a huge continued sign of his development and and something for Miami to kind of just hang their hat on as far as having a future superstar uh, already on the roster. Yeah. I mean, you just look at how he's progressed over his career, right? Uh, you know, it goes from basically scoring nine points per game in his second season to his, to in his third season, his first full season as a starter, 16 points per game, and then yeah. goes from 16 to basically 19 points per game. So he goes from nine to 16 to 19, um, just from this, a scoring output, while also, by the way, raising his field goal percentage and all those things. So yeah. you look at just that that scoring improvement year over year, the fact that he is so dominant defensively, that he is so modern on defense and switchable and all these things. And yeah, there's, there's still no ceiling on Bam Adebayo. And I know that we were all talking about him in that way after the Heat went to the finals a couple years ago. But yeah. Um, you know, I think the uh, 
the passion for Bam Adebayo, the excitement for Bam Adebayo has, has waned after, you know, Miami exited in the first round of the playoffs. But I still think that we should consider Bam the way we've been considering him over these last couple of years. He's still, he's, he's, you know, a few days away from turning 24 years old at the time of us recording this. He's got everything in front of him. If he can continue that growth from nine to 16 to 19 to 20 plus point per game score, while increasing that efficiency and working on some of these other things that I'm sure that we're going to talk about here. Yeah. He's obviously going to be a superstar and it, it feels like everything that Miami wants to do uh, and, and whatever hopes they have of returning to the finals is all centered around bam and how much he does improve and how quickly. Yeah. I, I don't like looking in the rear view mirror all that much, but especially when it comes to bam and, and you and I have been doing this for so long that I recall the draft a selection, which to us at the time was kind of a head scratcher. We never saw Bam as the 13th pick in the draft. Uh, I know he was slated to be maybe a top 20 ish kind of guy, maybe 20 to 25 in that range. And then we start to see that grainy footage that started making its way through tr Twitter as uh, you know, when he was in a heat workout and he was putting up jumpers and we're like, huh, okay. That's that's not bad. And we kind of, you know, you read the draft profile and he's physical and athletic and everything else. But of course, he's utilized poorly in Kentucky. And then during that first season, you see the occasional flash from him on defense. The fact that he can bring up the ball. We saw him in summer league. It was impressive. In year two, he turns that up a notch. And I remember there was that string of games where he wound up starting and one game in particular on a West Coast road trip against the Los Angeles Clippers where he wound up starting and leading Miami to a win. And he was an unexpected boost with Hassan Whiteside out due to injury. And you're starting to think of yourself, man, Bam is, well, he's starter level at least. It seems like he has some capacity. It was, it was weird because there were these two very different levels of player from Hassan Whiteside and what he used to do well. And then Bam, who was kind of antithetical, not really much of a rim protector, but this incredible initiator on offense, much more fluid, much more versatile defensively. And then of course the trade happens with Whiteside, Bam gets promoted and he has a phenomenal year. Again, this is third season, just last year, going all the way to the NBA finals this year, he continues to grow. They don't make the finals of course and yet somehow people are disappointed and somebody just shy of their 24th year old birthday for not having taken a leap and and look i mean for all the the, the criticism often gets boiled down to the same generic label he's not aggressive enough on offense but he wound up taking more shots this year almost two more shots per game that that does translate into actual aggressiveness he's looking for a shot more often than not and and so i think when it comes to Bam, everybody kind of needs to pump the brakes on criticizing him. I, it's just it's this weird fluctuation between fan bases, and this this happens to twenty nine other teams where you just you you fall in love with a player, and then for whatever reason you fall out of love almost as quickly, and that's kind of ridiculous for a guy who has a long career ahead of him, and the fact that he's been selected to join the Olympic team that he will likely be the starter on the team USA. I think that speaks to how highly he's viewed around the league. He just made his second consecutive all NBA defensive team. I mean, he was just shy of making an all-star selection for a second consecutive year. This is by year four, anywhere else you'd be looking at this player at 29 other teams. Look at that guy, bam, and say, Oh, that's a superstar in our team. Miami fans are kind of going, well, why doesn't he shoot the 18 foot jumper more? Right. And you know, I, I think you do need to kind of take everything with, with uh, perspective with bam, right? Is sure. He's, He's only in that was only his second year as a full time starter, I right? Know. I mean, 
And, and I, I do think that there is a level of aggression that he could still hit. But you look across the league, you look at a guy like Nikola Jokic who just won MVP, it's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing on him, right? Is throughout the first few years, you see all this potential and you got Denver Nuggets fans and, and coaches even saying, man, if, if only he was just a little bit more aggressive looking for his own, own shot and not so unselfish. And by the way, and you look at the guy, by the way, the two guys who, the two centers who are probably the best passing centers in the league, it's Jokic and then it's Bam Adebayo probably. Um, but there have been flashes. I mean, I, I think it was a game against Milwaukee earlier in the year. The Heat were without Jimmy Butler, a big game against the Bucks, who, who had Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday. Right. And I remember Bam Adebayo scoring like two or three really big buckets in, in the fourth quarter and, and getting some free throws in the fourth quarter to basically put Milwaukee away. And there was a couple times where he hit those little mid-range foul shot jumpers, got to the, uh, got to the basket for layups and things like that. And that was in a game, obviously, like I said, without Jimmy Butler, where he had to do that. And in order for the Heat to win that game, they needed somebody to kind of take them down the stretch against a super team in Milwaukee, and Bam did it. So he has flashes. We know he can do it. It's just whether or not he's going to be anointed to that number one option, because right now he's not, right? Right now it's still Jimmy Butler. And let's also remember this whole season, they were trying to work in Tyler Hero. You still have Mm -hmm. Goran Dragic. You still have Duncan Robinson who needs shots. There was a point where they're trying to work in Victor Oladipo briefly. I mean, there was a lot of guys who needed touches, a lot of experimentation going on this season. And it's Duncan's role evolved. I talked about with Tyler Hero on on last week's episode, where I think a lot of that stuff put this entire team out of rhythm, including Bam. And despite all of that, he still had a clear year. Yeah, you know, even as I'm talking about it, and as I've been talking about over the past week with different exit interviews, it just feels like, so much of this season put Miami behind the eight ball where they weren't able to prepare for the season the way they normally would. And they just never had the right fit, the right kind of talent where they could just exceed those expectations, those outsized expectations that had been and became outsized because of the fact that they went on a finals run last year. So they were behind the eight ball from the very beginning to start the season. The fact that they were able to even get to the playoffs and achieve some success is probably a win that a lot of people won't take as such. But I'm glad you brought up the fact that for Bam, his role was a challenging one, you know, trying to incorporate guys like Trevor Ariza. Again, like I said, Duncan Robinson, hot hero as a starter, Goran as the occasional starter, Jimmy in and out of the lineup, having to fluctuate between when you initiate the offense, how you initiate the offense, Avery Bradley. I mean, so many different starting lineups over the course of the season. Look, I mean, that's not really an excuse. Bam never made that excuse. I think we're offering it as more of an explanation. It's something that every team and every player in the league had to deal with to some degree. But I, I think just from the Miami perspective, and again, as a fourth-year player, as a young fourth-year player who's asked to do so much, it had to have been a challenging season. To go back to the mid-range jumper and the improvement that he's shown there, according to basketball reference, his 10 to 16-foot jumper at shooting at almost 46% uh, from 16 to three po- the three-point line shooting at 39%. So we've talked about this for a while. We saw this kind of growth from him coming and, and he's here. Like, he's just at that point now where that mid-range jumper is fluid. Could it get better? Absolutely. But what's the next step for that mid-range jumper to become even more lethal? Uh, I, I've seen some discussion about he just needs to find a, a good move, a go-to move to get to that jumper, to be able to unleash it as quickly and as efficiently as he possibly can. Do you see anything in the mechanics of his jumper that he could fine-tune or even improve on so that he can get to that next level as a shooter? Um, I'm not a shooting mechanics expert. I, it Come looks on. good to me. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, look, he's got a really high release point. That's really helpful. He's obviously really athletic and he gets a lot of lift. And so that's all very helpful. I just think it's a matter of him maybe diversifying his portfolio a little bit more. Like it always feels like he's, he's raising up from that foul line. Yep. Um, you know what? Maybe he can add like a turnaround on the baseline and, and just things like that. One thing that I wanted to point out was just how good he is. Like we know what his staples are, right? We know it's that foul line jumper. And then the, in the pick and roll, because you look at what players who have as many uh, pick and roll uh, possessions as Bam Adebayo does, mm-hmm. um, he ranks second in percentile in pick and roll finishing per game. So basically what I'm saying is that behind Rudy Gobert, Bam Adebayo is the best pick and roll finishing center in the league. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty strong sort of portfolio to have. If you're this dominant, in the paint as a pick and roll finisher yep. and you can include that, you know, that mid range type of shot, you can kind of do these sort of short rolls, pick and pop type of actions. If you're the heat with him and maybe that's part of it too, is you've got maybe Jimmy Butler running a little bit more of that short pick and roll stuff, maybe and less of that high pick and roll stuff. We've seen Eric Spolstra mix that in here and there. You can still do that with Goran Dragic. You can still do that with whoever plays point guard next year or whatever sort of additions you, you make this summer. Uh, I, I think I would probably add just more of that. And, and that creates, if you've got Bam as efficient as he is in that mid-range area and as dominant he is as, as he is as a finisher, and you just sort of mix this up and keep a defense guessing, wondering, hey, is this going to be a pick and roll or is this going to be a pick and pop? And and you have another initiator in that being a really, uh, you know, threatening type of uh, uh, scoring threat, then, then I think you really have something. But then we get back to all these things that we've been talking about in regards to the heat is what they're missing, and that's just sort of that that slasher, that penetrator, that that starter on offense uh, to kind of just get things going, kind of get the gears turning. Um, but I think Bam is as good of a secondary option as there is as a center in this league. Well, I mean, you see even that label secondary option probably has some of my listeners scrambling a little bit because for a guy who's going to get paid as much as he is, that's not exactly the role they had envisioned for him. And maybe it's time for all of us to make some kind of adjustments. But we'll talk about that in the next segment when we further break down Bam Adebayo's game. I'm here with Wes Goldberg, and you're listening to Locked on Heat. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. Once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Green Room is a perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You find fans just like you for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find locked-on hosts across the NBA, Major League Baseball, and NHL. So go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Miami Heat are out of the playoffs, but the road to the final still continues. And our coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. I'm here with Wes Goldberg, and we're talking about Bam Adebayo conducting his exit interview, mostly positives, but still some lingering, if perhaps misplaced resentment, I think, about his contract, his role, 
his lack of aggression. We were talking about the mechanics of his jumper. And while I think both of us are not experts in that, we can agree that it looked much more fluid during the course of the regular season. Unfortunately, when he went up against Brooke Lopez, all those mechanics seemed to go out the door and he was quite noticeably shaken, just not able to knock down that jumper very reliably. And I wonder if we're looking at Bam and the kind of player he is somewhat undersized at the center position, is he a long-term fit at center? Uh, can he still be a reliable offensive threat given his limitations uh, in size at that position? Yeah, I think so. But I, I don't think you want Bam to be your number one option. Pay him the max, but not just because he's going to be your number one option on offense. It's mostly because of what he can do on defense, right? You see all these centers getting played off the floor, like uh, Rudy Gobert, for example. Adebayo mm -hmm. doesn't have those problems, right? He can switch all five positions. He's the best, in my mind, defensive center in the NBA right now. Uh, just because of that switchability. And when I say that, I don't mean over the course of the regular season, but I mean in the playoffs and based on uh, just based on how versatile he is and how many different kind of lineups you can play around him. And the fact that you're not going to play him off the floor, regardless of what kind of scheme the opponent plays. So I love Bam for what he does defensively. And if he can do all of that, plus be your second option on offense, then of course that's worth whatever you're paying him. Uh, and I don't under. Why would you want Bam being your number one option? Look at the teams that are going to the finals. Look at the teams that are in the playoffs still. I mean, even a team like Denver, who has the MVP in Nikola Jokic, a deserving MVP, as good of a season as we've seen from an MVP in a long time, there's inherent limitations to your number one score being your center. There just is. And this is a league dominated by perimeter players. And if you're the Heat, I think what you need to do is pair Bam Adebayo with a dominant scoring perimeter player like who we're seeing left in the finals or left in the final, right? And, yeah. you know, in some respects, it's Jimmy Butler, but he's more of an unselfish kind of guy. I don't know that he's, I mean, he's not really like a, a Kevin Durant type or a James Harden type or even a Chris Middleton type where, you know, they're going to go out and look for their shot first and foremost. I think that's what the Heat are missing is, is that kind of presence, that dominant kind of scoring player where Jimmy Butler is more of a, an old school type of point guard you know, in some respects, and Bam Adebayo is just this ultimate Swiss Army knife who can anchor your defense and, and just be this supplementary type of weapon on offense that you just, if you're an opponent, you can't take him for granted, right? And you don't necessarily have to call plays for Bam, but he can, he can you know, facilitate for you from the nail. He can do a bunch of different things for you and give an offense a whole lot of different looks that are just confusing for a defense. That, to me, is his value. I don't I never understood why Heat fans want him to all of a sudden be this number one option. Maybe it's because what we just saw with Nikola Jokic, and it's like, if he can do it, why can't Bam? But like I said, I don't think that that's ideal, right? I think if you're the, if you're the Heat, you want to go find a guy, like a perimeter guy, to be your number one option and let Bam be Bam. Well, I, I think I, one of the bigger concerns or, or the feeling I get in watching how fans react to Bam and the evolution of the Heat and everything else is that now you've got a major part of your salary cap devoted to two players that can't shoot from 18 feet and out. And I think that's a part of the concern. And maybe the, the simple answer is just, well, surround those two with shooters, but can it be a winning success, a, a re winning recipe for success if you have Bam and Jimmy as your two most high usage players? And if the other three players that share the floor with them at a given time aren't, you know, close to 37% you know, from three point range type shooters. And I think, 
we just saw this past season that was the case when Trevor Ariza wasn't able to knock down that three-point shot reliably or consistently Miami's offense got bogged down and maybe maybe some of those questions are answered by a guy like Victor Oladipo maybe they'll be answered by a guy like Kyle Lowry who knows but I just you wonder whether or not Miami can continue to build around two guys that are not capable of shooting from long distance I mean Jimmy's shot has deteriorated completely here in Miami. I think we are all seeing that. I don't think any of us expected it to be as bad as it's been. He's still been a pretty good player despite that. And so has Bam, but you've got, you know, two fifths of your starting line at 40% that can't hit a, a reliable jumper and, you know, or isn't willing to take the jumper in Bam's case. Do you still see this being a, a valuable core or a, a core that can lead Miami to winning? I think so, I, just because of how good they can be defensively. And look, I know that Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo don't take a ton of threes, but they space the floor in a lot of other ways. Um, teams do play off of Jimmy Butler a little bit. That's an issue. Mm -hmm. Bam probably at some point needs to add the three-point shot to his game, right? He's only taken 44 three-pointers in his career. He only took eight last year. Yep. That's not great. Uh, so at some point, he needs to extend his range. I, I think that's a given. But again, he's going to be 24 here in a couple of days. I think we can afford a little bit of patience with him and let the other parts of his game kind of round out. But yeah, that's obviously the next level with Bam. I'm not sitting here saying that Bam is a perfect player and that he has no, no more developing so. to do. But yeah, that's that's the next part of his game. And so I do think that this core can work. I think Jimmy Butler can take a few more threes. I don't see a problem with that. But even if he doesn't, look, I think that there's a lot of fundamental issues with this roster. But I don't think that the fundamental issue with this roster is that Bam and Jimmy, you, that you can't win with them. We're just... Again, I, we just saw them in the finals, and that was, that was a really good finals run. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, they have the kinds of games that you need in the playoffs. You just need to surround. And look, it helped that Jay Crowder became Clay Thompson for a playoff series, right? Mm -hmm. But if you, yeah, I think if you add more of those guys who can defend a little bit, the big, one of the biggest problems is that kind of the guys who can score aren't great defensively. Dragic, Hero, Duncan Robinson, they're, they're not great defensively, and teams can exploit them. I think you're, you are another piece away, right? You need that piece who is just so dominant offensively or is balanced enough on offense and defense and is more of maybe a three and D type of guy, more of a two-way player uh, who can space the floor. You're one of those kinds of players away from being where you want to go. And, and those kinds of players tend to, to uh, fix a lot of these flaws that we're talking about. But yeah, I don't think that, I don't think that just inherently building around Jimmy and Bam is a flawed process i think you just you know every superstar duo every star duo has their shortcomings we know what they are with jimmy and bam right yeah. and you just you have to put a roster around them that makes up for some of those things so i know in your your most recent podcast uh, we talked about the perfect solution for miami's offseason would be dame lillard and i think that would address a lot of miami's needs obviously and you look at miami's starting lineup and assuming that either tyler hero or duncan robinson will assume the starting role alongside jimmy and bam that leaves two other spots available the guard ostensibly positioned and of course the the front court player uh either a, a four or however you want to look at it in, in this era of positionless basketball which one of those two positions do you think would help bam the most as a as to become the kind of player he would be is it a a ball handler who can initiate offense and get him going and space the floor to some degree or somebody who could be that release valve like crowder was during that magical run where he was a guy who could help out space the floor provide some more defense the way ariza was able to do in spots this past season i i think it's absolutely the point guard the guy who could space the floor 
and things like that. Uh, look, if you look at the model, I, I think that Utah in some respects is a model, Denver in some respects is a model. And in both of those cases, in Utah, they've paired Rudy Gobert with Donovan Mitchell. Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell is a knockdown three-point shooter. He's turned himself into a knockdown three-point shooter. Obviously, an incredibly talented scorer, a guy who can basically run your offense and be the head of the snake there. Mm-hmm. And then Rudy Gobert is there as an outlet. Bam Adebayo is a much more talented player on offense than Rudy Gobert is. And like I said, I could argue he's a more valuable defensive player even than the most valuable defensive player in the league, Rudy Gobert. But yep. um, And you look at Denver, what they've done with Jokic and Jamal Murray – little bit different, right? It's, it's arguable who's the, really the number one option there. I think most of this year, obviously, Murray's been hurt. But I think it was still Jokic during his MVP campaign. But it, it's sort of a similar model that they're looking for. You want to have that sort of pairing to kind of – so both Murray and Jokic can kind of bring the best out of each other. I think that's what the Heat are missing with Bam. Jimmy, It's not to say that Jimmy Butler can't do it, but we've kind of gone over how the, their limitations. But if you can get a guy who could space the floor – and get downhill and just sort of run high pick and roll with Bam. And now you're getting Bam in even more space. And now you're empowering Bam, not just to get downhill and use that crazy athleticism to finish at an even higher rate at the rim than he already is. Uh, but you, you're empowering Bam to play in space and maybe kick out Draymond Green style, right? On, on the roll to open shooters like Duncan Robinson or whoever. Sure. Um, like that's the kind of thing that you want Bam to do and not, and it's something that we've seen a lot of, but I think his playmaking is a lot of like a standstill and sort of a motion uh, kind of side to side movement kind of stuff. I'd like to see him get downhill more and just spraying out the shooters. And if you could pair him with a dominant ball handler, a guy who could space the floor and things like that, then I think you really have something. And I know that you and I, before we started recording here, we kind of, you know, talked a little, we bounced around the idea of Colin Sexton and some of the rumors that are going on with him. And maybe that's the idea, right? Because Colin Sexton, not a high-volume three-point shooter, but a 37 38% three-point shooter. It's definitely efficient. High-level score, averaged 24 points per game this last year. Maybe that's the idea behind these rumors. And if there is any real interest behind my, uh, from the Heat, Colin Sexton, at however old he is, I don't know, 21, 22, something like that. And then, yeah. uh, and then Bam, at 24 you might be resetting your timeline a little bit, but you're definitely kind of putting that pair together guys who can grow together, develop a chemistry together and, and create some space and play in space with each other. Excellent. Yeah. I, uh, I think that's well said, uh, but we'll also look ahead to what happens this summer because there are questions about BAM and his future with the team. And of course his role with team USA, we'll talk about that in the next segment here on locked on heat. But one thing you never have to worry about is the great taste of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Nine delicious flavors. I've talked to you about them before. You get a mixed box where you get a couple of each of them. You can give them out to friends or family, coworkers, or keep them all for yourself. Indulge in the occasional treat because you get all the nutrients you need in a chocolate bar that's 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. You don't even know you're eating a protein bar. They are. They're great for you, too. And so if you want to indulge in a treat, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off, but only when you go visit BuiltBar.com. 
Then head over to Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online, but there's tons of sports action from around the, uh, the new WNBA season, the NBA playoffs, and so much more. Head over to Bet Online, your laptop and mobile device, and check out everything they have on their site. Don't sit on sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. Starting July 19th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 is presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrine and former general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. I'm here with Wes Goldberg, and we're talking about <sighs> Bam Adebayo. He's got an interesting summer. Well, he'll be heading to Tokyo as part of Team USA to represent the United States at the Olympic Games. But before all that, there's been so much talk about Dane Lillard lately and what it would take to pry him free of portland uh which seems like a sinking ship there even though uh they just brought in a new head coach but their 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 star pick from a couple of years ago I, was that con selected the same year as bam i think he was yeah i think he was one of the guys i think you had you thought highly of zach he was i did he, he was, was taking top 10 uh, yeah he was 10th overall right in the draft yeah. yeah and unfortunately refractured his foot um so like this is it just goes to show you how you know if, if ephemeral all these things are is that the right word i think like they, they can just they can fall apart so quickly uh you know a guy like collins that i think both of us had high expectations for he's got a nice jumper he's aggressive he's got the right size and mentality and everything else but unfortunately injuries can really take you out of it uh anyway going back to dame and that situation there in portland if he does request a trade uh it would take a lot to pry him out of there would you trade bam at for damian lillard so basically you're pairing Damian Lillard with Jimmy Butler and, and whatever, whatever else. else you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's really tough. Right. Yeah. Like I, if it's just bam for Lillard, don't, I think you kind of have to do it. Ooh. Don't you like, don't you have to do that? <laughs> it is a really tough question for me to answer. I, I, I just don't know that your does your ceiling go any higher? Who's more replaceable? I mean, can you just, can you fill the other roles around Bam and Jimmy with Lowry or Sexton or somebody else uh, without having to give up, you know, one of your most, one of the most versatile defenders in the NBA, a, a hell of a playmaker at the center position and a guy with a growing repertoire on offense. I, that seems like a hell of a sacrifice for a guy that, I mean, look, Lillard is one of the best shooters, scorers in NBA history, I think. And a guy who probably doesn't get nearly enough accolades, especially in South Florida, because you can't stay awake late enough to watch Portland Trailblazer games, but he's a phenomenal player. I think we all know that, but I, I don't know. It's it's a very tough question. It kind of forces you to evaluate what's more important. Is it the versatility of a, a player like Bam or just the star power 
especially on offense, the star power of a guy like Lillard. Uh, I think it does raise your ceiling in the very near term, right? Like if you have Damon Lillard and Jimmy Butler on one team, you have one of, you have maybe two of the best 15 players in the league in Damian Lillard's case, one of the best seven or yep. eight players in the league, right? A guy who could easily win the scoring title in Damian Lillard and a guy who is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league in Jimmy Butler. You think about all the problems that Portland has had over the years. It's because they don't have a second co-star like Jimmy Butler, right? That's exactly the type of player that Damian Lillard needs to play with is a guy like Jimmy Butler you put him with and Lillard together, then yeah, you need to fill in the pieces. But we've seen Pat Riley sort of rebuild on the fly with role players. It's not a big three, but it's a big two. You put those guys together, you find a yeah, you're not going to find a center who's versatile and is forward looking as Bam Adebayo is, but you could find a replacement level center, right? Like we see those guys picked up all the time, and maybe you go by committee. And then you just surround those guys with as much length and three-point shooting as you possibly can, I guess. And that's it. And then you go for it. I, I, that's why I say you kind of have to do it. If, if Portland is willing to take Bam for Damian Lillard, like I said, you kind of have to do it. I just don't know that the Trailblazers want that because I don't know that Bam is a guy that you could build around in that way. Like, what are you, what are you doing then if you're Portland? It's Bam out of bio with Yusuf Nurkic and, and CJ McCollum, and, and you're like, okay, that's it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, and maybe if you're Portland, you're not that concerned because Damian Lillard's gone and you're sort of rebuilding anyway. And players as good as Bam with the with the unlimited upside that Bam have are just so hard to come by that maybe you just do it and you figure it out later. But yeah, I, I think know. if you're the Heat, you have to do it. If you re-sign Powell, you know, you're, you've got Powell, McCollum, Bam. I mean, you you trade Nurkic for somebody else that can complement that starting lineup a little bit, and maybe I think you could play Bam and Nurkic together. I guess. Is Nurk? I mean, not long term, but I don't right, know that yeah. you need to trade him like right away. But yeah, no, I, I could see it. Oh, I mean, it's a possibility. It just kind of asks you to evaluate what's more important: having that star, especially a guy who can score fifty points on a nightly basis, or the versatility of Bam. It's not to knock what Bam can do. I think if anybody speaks highly about Bam, it's you and I. But at the same time, it kind of goes to show how important it is to have a superstar. Uh, look, I, well, to I me, will... the, the the real conflict there is: do you go for it now? And the thing with Damian Lillard is he did just sign an extension. He's got three more years left on that deal, so it's not like this is one of those other superstar deals where you're like, all right, we need to win right away just to you know, make sure that we have a chance to re-sign him. Like you've got three years of Damian Lillard, but I, how much longer does Jimmy Butler play at this level? Does playing with a guy like Lillard extend his yeah. prime or whatever version of this ver, uh, Jimmy Butler this is? Yeah, uh, Those are some fundamental questions, but really this gets down to the, the, the core conflict, internal conflict facing Miami, which is what's your title window? Right. Is it now or is it, the next six or seven years with bam right is it is it a two-year window for jimmy or is it like a six-year window for bam and and i think you know if you there there are ways to kind of thread that needle where you go get an immediate contributor right now and you go and win and then bam continues to get better or whatever mm -hmm. but if you if you move bam out of bio for uh for damian Lillard, you're basically saying hey our title window is this next two or three years and yeah. then after that we're going to blow it up all over again because you are right. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could, you could write out the Damian Lillard thing as much as you want, but yeah, I mean, after about two or three years of it, we can expect Damian Lillard and Jimmy Butler to kind of maybe start aging out of their primes. 
and you're looking at sort of a rebuild, certainly not a title team anymore. Well, we're not even considering Jimmy's extension, which will probably kick in. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, once they make it official this summer at some point, then he'll have another four years. So that, that last year of his four-year deal that he originally signed with the team a couple of seasons ago will be, you know, wiped off, right. and then he'll wind up, you know, continuing on for another four years after this season. So it's... I mean, it's 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 a tough question. Well, let's kind of move on here then, because the expectation is that Bam is probably going to have a big role with Team USA just because he's one of the few actual big men on the roster. It seems like he'll probably start maybe alongside Kevin Love. Who knows? Uh, what do you what are your expectations for Bam uh, as part of Team USA? Do you expect him to start? Do you expect him to recruit a little bit of both? <laughs> um. I would hope that he would learn from his like the the Miami Heat Alumni Association and 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 start recruiting <laughs> as heavily as possible, right? Shout that out 2008 Olympics, yeah. Um, but yeah, he was he was left off. What, what was the last? Wasn't he left off the World Cup team? Yeah, a couple of years ago, and that was like the big storyline. And he bounced back and had that monster breakout season and all that stuff. So Mason a Pullen. nice kind of full circle moment for Bam, having been, been left off of the the last team, and now he's probably starting for this one. Um, so just a cool moment for Bam. That was kind of my takeaway is like now he really has sort of arrived, right? He is one of the premier players in this league. And, and now he's going to have an opportunity to get a gold medal to go along with that yeah. and add to his resume and, and put himself in that kind of uh, status. Yeah, that that is that is great. I, I do. I do like the fact that maybe his name became slightly more of a sort of quasi household name after last year's finals run i mean I, I, most of your peripheral fans uh, your casuals if you will were looking at the finals and watching lebron and unfortunately they were denied the opportunity to see bam have the kind of impact that he did so maybe on the biggest stage he he didn't get quite the shine that he deserved but hopefully the olympics gives him a little bit more opportunity to continue to build his brand and just become much more of a household name and i think he will like he's i mean Kenneth Fareed have a monster had a monster Olympic showing and he wound up getting a paid a lot of money as a result and he was just the kind of player that was perfect for that type of environment because he was smaller but he was able to rebound he was high energy it's a guy who does it all and I think Bam plays not quite similarly but he brings that same enthusiasm particularly on defense so it's going to be interesting to see how he matches up with other countries and other players from other parts of the world but it's a it's going to be a hell of an experience here I, I haven't really talked about the BAM Olympic uh, opportunity here because I, I, I was saving it for this episode, but it's just looking ahead to it. It's uh, well, it's just fun. It's always great to see those kind of players, especially when you see a heat player to consider Dwayne Wade and, and, you know, Chris Bosch and, and even before they were parts of, Oh, at least Chris before he was part of Miami's roster, but you know, seeing LeBron in 2012 after they had just won a championship and it seemed like, he was starting to regain popularity yet again, seeing him be a star on that roster alongside Carmelo and Kobe and all those other star players. Uh, anyway, moving on, it's time for our annual employee self-evaluation here. And uh, Wait, before, I'm sorry, before we move on, if, if Bam could recruit one player from that Olympic team roster, who would you want? Kevin right? Durant? So, I mean, I, I think the obvious answer would be Kevin Durant, but considering his age and the injury history and 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 those things, I and just and just sort of his general way of being, I, yep. I, I don't I don't know if that's like look at Devin Booker, you know, a young guy like Jason Tatum, guys with all that upside that kind of fit more of Bam's window. I mean, you're probably right; it probably is Kevin Durant, but I think you could make a case for a guy like Booker or Jason Tatum or even Damian Lillard on that roster. But yeah, no, that, that is a good point. I mean, I. I... 
I would would not mind having any of those players on Miami's roster. I think Tatum is a great addition. Levine, you know, Beal. I think Beal seems like the obvious choice. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think we're kind of underselling like a little bit. Guys. Yeah, I, I think he's going to really be in Bradley's ear, kind of selling him on coming to Miami, forcing a trade. And I think he's done enough. He's built enough equity and endured enough in Washington where if he goes into that front office and says, look, I've got a short list of X play uh, X teams. I want to go to make sure it's Miami. I, I think it gets done. So we'll see how it happens. And look, not to put this out there, not bad juju or anything else like that, but the reality is not only is Bam going to be recruiting, but it works the other way around. You know, uh, I mean, does Durant leave Golden State a couple of seasons ago if he doesn't form an incredible friendship with uh, DeAndre Jordan and, and Kyrie Irving? I mean, who knows? So it's uh, it's it works both ways, unfortunately. And and good. Look, I mean, I know it's I say unfortunately, but the reality is that players should have the, the freedom to pursue whatever makes them happy and wherever they can sign. If they want to play alongside their friends, why not? That's after all, as long as it's in Miami. Good point. Good point. All right. Well, let's move on to our uh, our self-evaluation here. You'll be playing the role of Bam Adebayo, and I'll be playing the role of Christopher Walken. <laughs> How bad was that on a scale of one to five? That was a seven, but I think you can reach a ten. <laughs> I exceeded the scale, one to five? I can't believe it. Anyway, all right. Oh. So, Bam, your general quality of work. Did you know what you were expected to do on this Miami Heat roster? So the Bam impression's a little difficult. So he's got like a little bit of this like weird New York slash twang thing going on. I'm not going to do so much of an impression of that, but he does have this tendency to sort of uh, stress and super enunciate like the first two to three syllable word in each sentence. Huh. Um, so I'm sorry. I wasn't listening to the original question. Uh, it doesn't matter. I, I think uh, this has completely fallen off the rails a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm going ahead and scrap the walk-in. Uh, and it's, it's done. No, no, you can keep doing walk-in. Just, you can you could be Ramil to, to David Ramil can uh, uh, sort of translate walk-in, walk-in's question to Bam. Here. General general quality of work here. How would you rate your general, the general level of what you were able to do last year on a scale of one to five? One being not so great, five being great. So on a scale of one to five, I'd probably give myself a four. You know, I'd really like to uh, be better at that that mid-range shot. I thought in the playoffs I wasn't the player that I needed to be and uh, going to get rededicated in the gym and uh, work, on the, work on that foul shot, get that mid-range shot down, get that three-point shot falling and just make sure that I could be there for my team more. We should probably have done it more like his uh, post-season interview with Anthony Chang, where I should have asked you, what is it that you need to do work? Oh, Let's... no, I'm, I'm holding on to that answer. I'm holding oh, on to that okay. answer All just right. for Christopher Walken, though. Oh. <laughs> All right. What would you say is your general dependability? You did play in 62 games this past season. Uh, you know, obviously you missed some time due to health and safety protocols. I'm sorry, 64 games, of course, four starts in the playoffs. But you were mostly a dependable player there. I think you missed some time there due to nagging injuries. You had that wrist issue that kind of may or may not have impacted your shot moving forward. How would you rate your dependability for this past season? You know, I work on my body as much as necessary. So I like, uh, for, you know, I, 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 I'm proud of what I was able to do uh, as far as being in the gym and, and being out there for my teammates. So from an availability standpoint, definitely dependable, but I could have been more dependable 
for my teammates in the playoffs from a scoring standpoint. All right. All right. I, I guess that's, that's fair. I, I'd say you were a, a four overall as far as overall dependability. But here, here I think is a big question. The knowledge of work. What, what, what do you need to do that's better, Bam? What, how can you improve? Or, you know, what, what is it that you need to do in order to take your, your, your abilities to that next level? What do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm asking you. What do you, what do you think you need to do in order to, to go take that next level of your abilities? I mean, you write these articles. You've analyzed my game. What do you think? <laughs> the MIDI? Is it the MIDI? Yeah, yeah, the mid-range jumper, I think. Maybe even a three-pointer, to be honest with you. You think I need to dress better? What do you think about my wardrobe? I think it's fine. I don't know. You've never really, you're, no, you're no Tyler, that's for sure. You're not even a Jimmy, really. I, I guess you're okay. The three-point shot, right? It has to be. I want to work on that three. I want to get that three-ball falling. I think it'll make up for a lot of uh, things on the roster. I think we could space the floor a little bit more, give me more some, some more room to work and my teammates more room to work. I can get that three ball to fall and just keep working on my defense, keep working on my passing and all the things that help me make my teammates better. So this last one, I'll kind of wrap up and sum up others, but you know, personality fits into it, communication skills. And I think something that we talked about last week with Tyler, uh, just your ability to manage the other personalities on this team. I think more so than any other player, not named Jimmy Butler, you're expected to be a much more vocal presence. That's not something that you do easily how would you rate what you can do and what do you think you need to do in order to become a more vocal leader on this team? So I think I'm becoming more and more comfortable with how I lead this team as one of the best players on the team. It falls upon me to be one of the leaders in that locker room and to have my voice heard and to speak up when I need to. And I've been more and more comfortable with that idea. Everybody in that locker room knows I'm a funny guy. I'm a lighthearted guy. But I like to get the work done and the work comes first. And, uh, and, and I try to lead by example in that way. But uh, if I've learned anything from guys like Jimmy and from UD, it's that OG. it's that sometimes your voice needs to be heard in those key moments. And, and I'm looking forward to stepping up in more of a vocal leadership role uh, and being that guy for this team. Awesome. Great answer. Uh, that's why that's why you're a building block for this team. I wasn't just blowing smoke when I was saying that you are a, a, a foundational centerpiece, just like a Alonzo or a Dwayne. You are the next foundational piece of this team. But uh, well, that's to say until Dame Lillard wants to come to Miami. But uh, that's a whole conversation for another time. Thank you so much for taking the time, Wes. I think uh, all most of my listeners should know where they could find you and your great work. But please feel free to remind them. Yeah, follow the Twitter account. Uh, at WC Goldberg. Check out David and I on Locked on NBA every Tuesday morning, Locked on NBA, wherever you get podcasts, uh, Locked on Warriors, of course, if you're interested in any Warriors talk. Um, and then my writing is over at the Mercury News. There we go. Just a reminder that you can always reach me via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com, via Twitter using the hashtag AskLHeat. Be sure to please follow the show and leave a review. Special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting today's show. Special thanks to, of course, Bam Adebayo and Christopher Walken for making an appearance. Special thanks to you, Wes, and thanks to all of you listening. This is David Ramil, and I'm signing off for now. Special thanks to all of our sponsors. That's <laughs> not, not good. Oh.